Hold up, sir. Word. Yeah. To all the and the hundred dollar billers. For real, who ain't got no feelings? Feelings. Check it out now. Welcome back to the Deep Cover Podcast. We're back. It's the week before the NFL draft. I'm here with Carrie. I'm here with Chris. I'm Mike. Have a very special draft episode in store for you. Um, let me check in on the guys real quick and then we'll we'll get right into it. Uh Chris, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. Ready, ready for the draft. We're a week away. I'm just ready to start getting into this. I'm ready too, man. I I, I just tweeted out something earlier tonight that I've I've been I've been in a lot of streets. In the, <laughs> I've been in the Denzel Man streets, the <laughs> streets, the Terrell Lewis streets. I've been all over the streets. And I said, you know, what I really need to do is just sit my butt down somewhere and be quiet. And so, uh, that in mind, uh, let me ask Harry, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. I, I just kind of thought about this and it's come up on Twitter a couple different times. You know, this whole um, coronavirus situation, man, it makes me, um, you know, miss out on my favorite pastime of um, flaking on plans. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's that was, right. That was my thing, man. I used to love, um, you know, and, you know, I try to be creative with it. I might tell somebody what outfit I'm aware and, you know, Talk like I know exactly where the venue is, you know, and knowing goodness well, I ain't coming, but (laughs) (laughs) it does mess all of that up. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do any like like physical flake, but you can still do a virtual flake. I've done a couple of those. Oh, I'm about to do some of that, man. Spice. You got to get creative. Yeah, so the virtual flake is definitely on, you know, because you can talk about okay, we're gonna we're gonna Facetime at this time, or we're gonna Zoom, or we're gonna do this, or we're gonna do that. And then you're like, oh, man, my Internet or, you know, my state, my, my connection is unstable. <laughs> you know, you can just throw so you can throw some of that in there. So there's still some there's still some opportunities in there. Just you got to come at it a different way. Um, but anyway, I'm excited. So I, I don't want to I don't want to hold off anymore because this is something that we've been teasing for the last couple of episodes. Something really special that we wanted to do around the draft, wanted to do it a week before the draft. So that, you know, the draft gets its its proper due, its proper attention and we get ours. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Carrie to kind of set the stage for what we're going to be doing. All right. Yes, sir, man. We've been, um, you know, teasing this for the past several weeks and, you know, we've been working on it for the past, you know, couple of months just talking through it. Um, but I'm just going to kind of explain what we're doing here. Um, so um, it's funny when we first um, started talking this thing out we had no um you know idea that the circumstances in the world would make what we're about to do kind of eerily similar to the real draft but you know here we are um you you're going to see a lot of kind of mock drafts out there done in different ways um but you know with mocks the environments are usually pretty controlled but you know we're trying something a little different uh, we're going to kind of flip that a bit and uh you know challenge ourselves tonight so, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the 2020 draft uh, and simulate a draft war room experience. Um, I'm going to play the role of uh, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta. Uh, Chris is going to play the role of uh, 
the right there are player personnel, Joe Ortiz, and uh, Mike is going to play the role of a head coach, um, John Harbaugh. And um, what we're going to do is speak from the perspectives of those gentlemen, and we're going to go through the draft in real time. And, um, you know, we'll discuss and come to a consensus uh, consensus uh, before we make any decision. Um, you know, our goal with this is just to uh, create the most authentic and uh, realistic draft experience that we can and um, and try to learn from this um, for us and, um, you know, for our audience. Uh, so we're going to use the uh, the Draft Network's Mock Draft tool uh, to complete this exercise. And, you know, hopefully you guys, um, you know, really enjoy what we have in store. So, um, you know, that's it, man. I'm ready to get the ball rolling. All right, Chris, is there anything you want to add before we start the draft? No, nah, man, no more talking. It's all about action now. Let's go. It's about that action, boss. All right. <laughs> and the draft begins now. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. And they take Joe Burrow. Joe no Burrow. Surprise. Chase Young. To the Redskins. Coming yeah, coming off as expected. Okuda to the Lions. Simmons to the Giants. Tua mm-hmm. to the Dolphins. Herbert to the Chargers. Derek Brown to the Panthers. Cardinals take Patrick Queen. Oh. That's the first surprise. So here, Brown. let's 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 pause because we talked about this uh, pre-show that um, we have the ability to pause the simulator because um, one of us—I don't have to name—I don't think there's any reason to name names, but one of us is a baller, so they got the premium. <laughs> so to the draft network, it's not me. Let's just be clear about that. It's not me. Uh, but because we have this ability to pause the draft at different points, we thought anytime there was maybe some interesting picks or, or or something you know worth discussing we pause it and, and we take a little time to discuss it so uh chris i know there was a pick in there that, that kind of caught your eye what, what what did you see uh patrick queen to the cardinals at number eight uh mm-hmm. that's that one's a little bit surprising uh because uh, i mean i would you if you would guess you would probably say he's his hot zone is probably like starts around the eagles pick maybe mm-hmm which is like about 21. You could see him going there or even yeah. maybe even later. Um, so that one was the first surprise. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when you look across the the Twitter <laughs> draft universe um, with all the mocks that have been out there and been done, I don't know that I've seen one with him going that early. Uh, but like the three of us have talked about several times, you know there's going to be something in this first round, at least one thing, maybe more, uh, that surprises you. You know, there's going to be somebody that goes earlier than you think. It's going to be somebody that goes later than you think. Uh, it's just it happens every year in the draft. There's always something unexpected. And I think, you know, we kind of get lulled into this false sense of having an idea uh, of what's going to happen with the mocks. And then the actual draft starts and you're like, whoa, didn't see that coming. So right. just like last year with Cleveland Farrell. Nobody yeah. had him going that early, and look what yeah. happened. Yeah, so obviously, you know, Cardinals in love with Patrick Queen and uh, take him at, at number eight. <laughs> and so before I restart it, uh, okay, let me do, was there anything that jumped out to you? Yeah, so at number 10, we got Xavier McKinney going 10 to uh, Cleveland. I didn't even see that. Yeah. So that's a, you know, that's a bit of a shot, but when you really kind of break down – 
Cleveland's needs, I mean, obviously, a lot of us feel like left tackle is a top need, um, but right up there, maybe two or three is the safety position for them. Uh, right now, they got Carl Joseph and uh, Andrew Sendejo um, kind of projected as the guys that would, you know, man that safety position for them. So that's, um, you know, a, a, a spot where I could see them wanting to upgrade there. Um you know, surprising that it's at 10, but, you know, it is a, a need. And uh, before we go any further, I will say that we're going to save this and we'll show our work at a later date. We're not doctoring this up to try to make sure the Ravens, you know, get, uh, you know, Chase Young at 28. Or anything like that. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to show our work on the back end. Absolutely. We definitely want to be transparent and, and, you know, something that's interesting to me at this point. So we when we paused it, um, the 49ers are on the clock at pick number 13. Um, Henry Ruggs went to the Jets at 11. CeeDee Lamb went to the Raiders at 12. So you got a little little mini run there on wide receivers. Um, but all of the tackles are still on the board. Worfs, Beckton, Thomas, Wills, all four of those guys who, you know, been been mocked as as the top group of tackles and I think at least one or two of those guys projected to have gone off the board by now um are still on the board so that's that's a little interesting um that the tackles have have kind of moved down I mean we're we're not even you know at the halfway point but it's kind of interesting to me um before I jump back in before I start this up is there anything now we're at 13 and obviously it would it would be pricey for the Ravens to try to make a move up this high. And I'm not necessarily saying it had to be at 13. It could be in this range, 13, 14, 15, um, where you got 13, 49ers, uh, 14, the Bucks, 15, the Broncos, who have a whole rack of picks. Um, and you look at who's still on the board. I talked about the tackles. Uh, Judy's still there. Ken Law's still there. Chase on is still there. Um, Justin Jefferson. Any names in there that you guys would say, hey, that might be somebody I'd, I'd at least want to have a conversation with one of those teams about? I think those first three that you you listed off with Judy, Chason, and Kinlaw, those are the three that I, I feel like if they keep falling, it, it'd be those three guys, either one of them will be enticing to move up and, and try to go snag. Yeah, and it looks like we've also got these uh, trade value charts up uh, for reference. We've got the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart that's been around forever, and then we've also got the the Harvard or Princeton, I can never remember which one it is, trade value chart up. And just in terms of, of value, in terms of points, that uh, 13th pick looks like it's in the JJ system about 1,150 points. The uh, 14th is 1,100 points, 15th is 1,050, and 16th is 1,000. So uh, just to give you some some reference for what any of that means, the Ravens pick at 28 is valued at um, 660 points. And so obviously they'd have to package that um, probably with a second <laughs> to maybe uh, – you know, another pick in this draft too, um, maybe a four for something like that. Uh, you know, a lot of it is dependent on what the other team would want. Um, they might want a next year's first as well uh, to try to come up there. But I, I insert that now just only to give, you know, kind of some reference like, hey, even if you thought 
man, I really would love to go up and try to get Judy or Ken Law or Chase on at this point. Uh, it's going to be really expensive uh, to, to try to go up and do that. So uh, we're going to let it play. And, uh, you know, maybe Paul's here in the next couple of picks before we get to the Ravens pick and, and see where things are at. So going to resume the draft now. 49ers take Judy. Now Worfs to the Bucks. Becton to the Broncos. Here go the tackles. Oh, there goes Ken Law to the Falcons. <laughs> Jason to the so. Cowboys. Yep, so there we go. Thomas to the Dolphins. Raiders tef, take Jeff Gladney. Might be a little early. Gallimore goes at 20 to the Jags. Justin Jefferson to the Eagles. Fulton to the Vikings. Jordan Love. Let's stop right Ooh. there. Jordan. Did I pause it? Yeah. Jordan Love to the Patriots at 23, and it snuck one more pick in uh, on me there. Kenneth Murray to the Saints at 24. So maybe just a little quick recap. Uh, I'll go to you, Kerry, first on on what's happened there from from 13 to where do we end up at 23, 24. Yeah, those um those back to back picks uh, with Atlanta. Um, Taking Ken Law and then Dallas coming with Chase on kind of took the wind out of our sails. <laughs> uh, you know, between that and then Judy going uh, 13, I think that kind of, uh, you know, wiped us out as far as, um, you know, kind of trade up um, options, I think. Yeah, yeah. Chris, what do you think, man? That did kind of when you saw those two guys go back to back. I know you mentioned in our last polls that uh, those would be the guys who you might be interested in. And then and there they went like uh, 16 and 17. Yeah. And then that's that's kind of spot on with um, those two teams uh, that are drafting at the at the 16 and 17 spot. We see those two names linked heavily between the Falcons and the Cowboys, whether it's interchangeable, that's up for debate. But in a lot of mocks, you usually see Ken Law going to the to the um, to the Falcons and Chase on going to the the Cowboys. So I think that's probably their sweet spot either way. Yeah, yeah, Ken Law seems like their kind of guy. I mean, I, I've seen some uh, some buzz about C.J. Henderson going to the Falcons at sixteen, but I think he was already off the board. Yeah, he went yeah, to the Jags yeah. at nine, but. Um, Ken Law, another one of those urgent type athletes uh, who Thomas Dimitrioff talks about. Uh, chase on to the Cowboys. You think about that D-line, then adding that guy. That's pretty nasty. Uh, we saw the tackles start to go in this group. Worfs went to the Bucks at 14. Becton um, to the Broncos at 15. And then um, Andrew Thomas to the Dolphins at 18. Uh, a name, couple names here that surprised me in terms of, of where they went. Jeff Gladney uh, from TCU, the cornerback from TCU to the Raiders at 19 and Neville Gallimore um, to the Jags at 20. Um, I'll, I'll go go reverse order. Gallimore, I mean, I guess, you know, you think about them losing Calais Campbell. Obviously, we're happy to have him as Ravens fans. <laughs> what you think about the Jags losing Calais Campbell? Uh, so that's that's a kind of a, a nice fit there to, to bring in another. Uh, versatile sort of defensive tackle guy who can probably um, play, you know, over the center, but also kind of bump out to like three technique. Um, so that that kind of makes sense. And then Gladney, another cornerback there for the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders obviously have a lot of needs and a lot of a lot of positions to to fill and to upgrade. So um, I, I don't I don't really have any big problem with that. I just I don't know if I'd seen him 
and a lot of other mocks go quite that early, but I, I definitely saw him as, as I've seen him as a top 50 top uh, type of player. So I don't know if that anything, you know, super shocking. Um, but if you guys don't have anything else you want to hit on at this point, we will. Uh, well, let, let me let me ask you again. I think every time we do these pauses, it's a, a good point to look at the board and see who else is there and, and think about potential trade. So. Well, one player I wanted to bring up that was taken is Kenneth Burry. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Because that's the – between Murray and Queen, those two have been discussed, you know, hours upon hours upon hours about who's a better fit for the Ravens. And in this case, which might be the case in real life, is neither of them are on the board for them. Yep. Yep. And Murray, you know – I was looking at that Saints roster just the other day as I was going through doing a little prep for this. They got a good roster. Not a lot of holes on that roster. <laughs> you know, um, they brought in Sanders from the 49ers uh, to be that that second wide receiver there. Um, and you look across the, you know, even on defense, they're not a ton of holes. And so maybe a linebacker, um, you know, particularly a guy like him, when you think about, the guys that they have up front with Cam Jordan and some of the other young guys that they have, Davenport, um, you know, they, they've they've got, you know, some potential to keep him clean and let him run. And that's what he does best. So I can see that as being a, a an interesting fit for them. But, yeah, Jordan Love, you know, I think there was some some thought that maybe he'd get down a little bit further a little closer to the Ravens pick, maybe still be on the board around that pick and maybe a team like the Colts or somebody might have been interested uh, in him, uh, considering they've got Philip Rivers, but doesn't happen. And so the guys that we still have on the board uh, right now, let me go back up. Uh, this is, And this is kind of surprising to me. Jedrick Wills yeah. is still on the board. I would not have expected him out of that tackle group to, to kind of go to this spot. <coughs> Excuse me. Grant Delpit, safety from LSU, is on the board. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, both the running backs. Josh Jones, tackle from Houston. Jonathan Taylor, another running back. Denzel Mims, Isaiah Wilson, who's gotten some some late steam. Uh, you know, the other tackle from Georgia. Uh, Gross Matos, Cesar Ruiz. So um, a mix of, of players in there who I think, you know, we kind of would expect to be available at this point. And there may be a couple who, you know, we didn't necessarily see falling uh, to this point. But anybody in that group. That would make you want to pick up the phone, Kerry DeCosta. No, you know, I love my picks, man. I don't want to give nothing up. <laughs> That's so, true. No. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Chris Ortiz. Hey, man, I'm the, just the director of college scouting. I don't have that that power. Well, you know, you've seen all of these guys. You've seen all of these guys. You, you, you've been in there with all of your scouts. You know, you there might be somebody who you... You just got a red star on, you know, personal favorite kind of guy in that group. I didn't know. Just wanted to check. And me, I'm just out in the pool house. I'm sitting out in <laughs> Carrie's backyard in the pool house, you know, keeping my he's doing my social distance thing. And uh, like any coach, you know, I like all of these guys. <laughs> I can fit for any of these guys. I want good players, you know. I want competition. Iron sharpens iron. You know, I feel like I got to say some stuff Harpaul would say. So, um, but no, I'm I'm kind of at, at the same point that you guys are. Let's let's kind of sit and let the let the board continue to play out because maybe a couple of the guys who I might have wanted to to try to make that call for uh, are gone. So let's resume it and see where we go. So we're picking up with the Vikings at 25. 
They take Rams. Denzel Sims, Grant Delpit to the Dolphins. Uh, Wills went to the Seahawks at 27, and so here we are. And the Ravens, now we're going to do this official. We said we got 10 minutes, right? That's that's the rule. Yeah. Uh, start the timer now. All right, we're on the clock. All right, so we have uh, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Isaiah Wilson, Edor Grossmato, Cesar Ruiz, Ezra Cleveland, um, A.J. Epinesa still on there, Zach Bond, uh, Jalen Rager is on there, and uh, yeah, that's uh, Ross Blacklock. So, let me see. so I guess my start kind of start a question for the group. Um, how comfortable do we feel with the amount of guys that are available at 28? Because I've been, um, you know, getting some calls with people trying to trade up. Uh, India's called me um, to, you know, potentially move down to 34. And, um, uh, you know, the Chargers have called me as well with the deal uh, with the potential to move down to 37. So, you know, on, on the board right now, how many guys do we feel strong about at 28? And then, you know, is there enough guys on the board that we feel comfortable going to 34? Or do we want to stick at, at 28? From me looking, I can see, I see about five guys I think I would feel comfortable with at, at, at 28. So that, that kind of gives me the itch and make me think maybe we can kind of finagle this and move down to 34. But I'm, I'm interested to see you guys' uh, you know, thoughts. Um, well, for me, I'm, I'm comfortable with going to 34 as well uh, because the only guy that I see right now who who's probably like just jumping out at me is Cesar Ruiz. And, um, I mean, I think he, there's a chance that he could be there at 34 as well when you just look at the teams that are up next and the guys that are available when you see Isaiah Wilson is, is up on the board too and Ezra Cleveland. Uh, you would think maybe those tackles might go ahead and Josh Jones as well. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that uh, a sweep. I'm comfortable with, with falling back to 34 too. Um, I like Gross Matos. I like Ruiz. I like Epinesa. Um, you know, those are those are three who who I really like and will be will be comfortable taking at 28. I can see a role for all three of those guys in year one. Um, you know, uh, so so I, I'd be comfortable with that. But just the fact that there's three of those guys there, and then I know Carrie, you mentioned you've got at least five, so there's at least two more that you have in mind who you'd be comfortable with there. So, um, and to and to Chris's point, when you look at Who's up next? The Titans, the Packers, the 49ers, uh, the Chiefs, and then the Bengals before you get to 34. I mean, there's certainly a chance that one or two of those guys, maybe even three, um, could be gone in those picks. But it's unlikely that all five are going to go. So if we can fall back to 34, um, pick up an extra pick somewhere along the way, I'd be willing to at least make that call and see what happens. OK, so um, I've been talking to um, uh, the coach GM and um, the deal we have on the table is we would send them uh, 28, 55 and 225 and they would send us back 34 and 44. 
So we'd be sending them 20. So let me make sure that I got this right. We would send them uh, 28, 55, and 225. Uh-huh. And in return, we'd get 34 and 44. Yeah. Yeah. All right, hey, you 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 got the uh, you got the coach DM on the phone. You wanna you wanna make that call? All right, hold on one second. Let me let me go ahead and confirm this with Chris Ballard. Uh, uh, yeah, he said he's down for it. Really? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he he said he said he's got another he said he's got another offer. Um, ah, okay. Let, so let let's try this. Uh, he doesn't want to give up that thirty-four and um, forty-four. So what do we think about twenty-eight and ninety-two for thirty-four and seventy-five? So twenty-eight so. and ninety-two. Uh huh. For thirty four and seventy five. So we'd 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 pick up an additional. Uh, let me get rid of that. We'd pick up an additional second rounder, and a third rounder. We we we'd swap a third, uh, but we'd get a higher third. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh think about we can counter with that. Okay. I'd be interested to see. What do you think? You think he likes that one? See what he see what he says back. He says he's talking to an, another team. Oh, I see. Nope. Oh, he said he, he said he, he's good with that one. Okay. All right. Okay. We dropped him back. Got to call it into the league. <laughs> <laughs> Make it official. All right. So it's, it's it's probably going to going up on the crawl right now on on ESPN or uh, or the NFL Network. Oh. I think I know what that holds for. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna let these picks play out, and then we'll we'll recap you since there was only like six picks until we we're back on the board again. All right, so uh, we're gonna go back because we were on the board at 28, but we traded that to the Colts, who promptly took uh, one of Chris's favorite players, Jalen Rager, uh, at 28. <laughs> uh, the Titans took Josh Jones at uh, 29. Packers took Brandon Ayuk at 30. Uh, 49ers took cornerback Jalen Johnson at 31. Chiefs take running back DeAndre Swift. Bengals take Yatir Gross Matos at 33. And then here we are. Ravens now on the board at 34. We now have seven minutes in round two. So that timer is running right now as we speak. And so I'm going to turn it back over to you, Kerry, since you're running the room. Uh, is one of those guys who you like to 28 still available? Oh, yeah. Yep. A couple of them. Um, I'm zeroing in right now on um, Cesar Ruiz and uh, AJ Epinesa. Uh, these are two quality guys that I think would help us um, both immensely. Um, Epinesa, I'm curious to see you guys' thoughts. Um, kind of a tweener. I don't think he's necessarily an edge. Um, in our defense, he may be like a base edge in a, in a 4-3. He may be closer to a 5 technique for us, but I do think, uh, you know, he has strong hands and um, 
he can he can help us uh, um, you know defend the run and kick inside as a pass rusher. I, I worry a bit about his athletic upside. But, you know, I think if we're talking about hitting doubles, I think he's a solid double here at 34. And um, I, I would say the same for Ruiz. If you ask me to for a lean right now, I'm probably leaning on Ruiz. Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm leaning towards Ruiz as well because I feel like he's a plug-and-play guy from day one. Um, whether that's at center or at one of the guard spots, I think he's a plug-and-play guy. With Epinesa, if there's going to be more of a rotation going on there, not to say that he wouldn't, you know, bring any kind of that he wouldn't bring any value to it. But I just think Ruiz is probably the player that will, you know, be there from day one. And then he might have the higher ceiling. Yeah, I'm with you. You guys touched on on all the points with both of those players. Um, both of them good players. Uh, I, I can see a, a role and a fit for Epineza. But I think it is going to be in more of a rotational, um, you know, sort of package driven kind of deal in the first year, considering, you know, the additions we've made to the defensive line, considering the guys who are already there kind of at some of the outside linebacker positions. But I think with Cesar Ruiz, you're looking at a guy who's going to have an opportunity to come in and compete for a starting role this year. Um, Obviously, we have uh, Marshall Yonder's retirement uh, that his spot. Um, is open. I'd say there's an open competition right there. I know some people have kind of looked at Ben Powers as as maybe the the guy there, but um, I don't think that's set in stone for sure. So uh, I'd really be comfortable with bringing in a guy like Ruiz because uh, we want to run the ball, you know, first and foremost. That's who we are. Uh, we want to score points, of course, in all kinds of ways, but we want to run the ball first. So um, I sign off on that. So Ruiz it is. All right. So we're going to call it in. All right, turning in the turning in the card. Caesar Ruiz. The first new Raven, Caesar Ruiz. Uh, we've got a few more picks before we get to our our next pick. Uh, we're kind of looking at some of the players going off the board. Jonathan Taylor to the Dolphins at 39. There goes Epinesa at 40 to the Texans. Austin Jackson to the Browns at 41. Jeremy Chin to the Jags at 42. AJ Terrell to the Bears. 43, Marlon Davidson to the Colts, 44, J.K. Dobbins to the Bucks, 45, Blacklock to the Broncos, 46, Trayvon Diggs at 47 to the Falcons, Lucas Niang, Cole Jackson favorite going to the Jets, Justin Matabuke going to the Steelers, Lloyd Cushenberry to the Bears, Kyle Duggar, the Cowboys, Jordan Brooks to the Rams, Willie Gay Jr., my guy on Twitter, um, Garnett, big Willie Gay Jr. fan. Uh, and then Zach Bond to the Bills at 54. So now we're back up on the clock at 55. Hey, hey, hey fellas, let me um before we get to um before we get to um you know past Buffalo's pick, I just got a um, text from uh from the uh, Dolphins uh, GM Chris Greer. He's offering us 56 um, for Matt Judon. Hmm. Mm. I'm gonna so, have to pass on that one. What are we thinking about? <laughs> I'm going to pass on that because I feel like Judon, there's no player left right now at the edge position that I feel like can just come in and take over Judon's spot first day. Yeah, I I would would tend to agree. Obviously, uh, I like Matt. Uh, we franchised him a 
coming off of a good year last year, uh, an ascending player, I think, uh, a guy who uh, is is just starting to kind of hit his stride. So um, trading him uh, just for that one pick is probably not a direction uh, that I want to go in. But do you think – would he be willing to any additional picks? Would he be willing to sweeten the deal a little bit at all? I mean, uh, we know that the Dolphins are pretty much loaded uh, in terms of draft capital this year. And, I mean, they're talking about 56. Uh, they've got 70. They've got one. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with Chris. Even even if they were to package 56 and 70, I don't I don't think that's a move I'm comfortable making. Now, with that, uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney is still hanging out there. Uh, I've had some talks with his agent just to kind of gauge, you know, where he is. And it sounds like he could be somebody that we could bring into the fold on a two-year, you know, deal if we were to make this move. Now, how do we feel about him juxtaposed to to Matt Judon on this franchise tag? If we could get Clowney in here on a on a two year deal, but, you know, how does that change things? Um, you know, for you guys, um, I still rather just have keep Judon around just to keep that that same continuity that we have. That's something that we've talked about, you know, a couple of shows now, where the the continuity is key, and then also with with uh, Clowney. He's a great player, too, but we also have the injury history with that. So I, I would feel more comfortable just sticking it out with Judon. And he's he look, Clowney, I mean, he, he's a disruptive, disruptive. That might even be putting it mildly uh, player. You know, you get a guy like that. He uh, is a guy that you have to account for. Um, my 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 concern would be, though, with bringing him in and losing Matt. Um, you know, Matt plays that Sam linebacker position for us. We have Tyus Bowser. Tyus also can play that position. Um, so, you know, you, you, you wouldn't the cover wouldn't be bare at that Sam position, but you'd lose some of the versatility that you have now with, with having two guys who can play that. Um, you guys both know those packages that we put on the field where we've got both both of the Sam linebackers on and. Um, you know, it really gives us a lot of flexibility in terms of looks. We could send both of those guys on a rush. We could drop both of those guys. We could send one, drop the other one. You just really never know. And, you know, you don't you don't have a huge you know drop off in coverage between either guy if you decide that you do want to drop them out. So I think you lose a little bit of that flexibility. For me, I probably would have been more comfortable um maybe making a move like that if uh, we had a guy like Zach Bond who went to the Bills, because I think Zach Bond is another one of those uh, Sam hybrid type guys. Uh, now, there could be some other guys in this draft who, who we could take who could maybe fill that role. So I'm not totally opposed um, to that idea, but I really do think for me, I would want that pick at 56 and I would want that pick at 72. I would want their their second rounder and that third rounder in addition to uh, sending Judon out of here. If that, if, if, if that's the decision we want to make, man, I, I'm so glad I hired the right people. <laughs> <laughs> I, All right. I, so I, now who, who we, 
were thinking, but, you know, I wanted to throw it out there unbiasedly and, just, you know, get you guys' thoughts on it. But I, I do think Judon's, um, um, his versatility, his durability, and I think he's kind of handled the franchise tag well. It kind of gives me, um, you know, a little bit of confidence that we may be able to work out a long-term deal. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, turn this one down. Okay, well, back to our pick. We've got just over three minutes left uh, before we have to turn in a pick. And so here we are, <coughs> excuse me, at 55, and we've got guys like Terrell Lewis on the board, K.J. Hamler, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ashton Davis, the safety out of Cal, Michael Pittman Jr., LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, another little good set of wide receivers right there, um, Raquan Davis out of Alabama, Josh Uche, Jonah Jackson, any of those names, uh, let's go to Joe because you get to be the ultimate decision maker, Carrie. But I'll go to you, uh, Chris. <laughs> I keep calling you Joe, Chris. <laughs> any, of those, any of those guys uh, appeal to you here at 55? Uh, so a couple of names uh, jump out to me right away. Um, the first one is Terrell Lewis. Um, he's another guy where, um, you know, he's a, he's a versatile piece that can be up on on the edge. Now we have Judon, who's on a franchise tag, and we have Bowser's coming into a uh, contract year. So there's going to be a, potentially another need at edge again next year. So if we can bring in Lewis, who has that same kind of versatility that we like to have in our edge players, I think that's a guy that would make a lot of sense here. Um, another one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And for that one, I'll let, I'll let you take that one, Mike, because I know that's your boy. Hashtag synergy. I'll be quick because we only got two minutes left. Uh, back in 2008, we picked Ray Rice with the, the 55th pick. Here we are again, 2019, with the 55th pick. Back then, we had Willis McGahee. He had only been here for a year. We still went ahead and took Ray Rice. So, you know, people will look at Mark Ingram, had a great back, but don't let that dissuade you. But I also like uh, Terrell Lewis, obviously our medical staff and the connections that we have there with Alabama. We've got more information on him and his injury history than anybody, so we're comfortable. Um, and then we've got a good group of wide receivers there with Pittman, Chanel, and T. Higgins. So uh, I probably lean towards Terrell Lewis here, but, of course, uh, Kerry gets to pull the trigger. So what do you think, Kerry? Yeah, I really like Terrell Lewis here. Um, LaVisca Chanel is pretty intriguing for me. Um, I've kind of uh, talked about the – the kind of fear I would have at taking him early, but I think 55 is kind of interesting value for him. Um, but I, I think, you know, considering uh, where we are at the edge position right now, I do like the idea of uh, Terrell Lewis and some of the things he brings. I think he really flashes some power at times and some heavy hands. And, um, you know, I, I think he's a, a fit as a Ravens uh, type of guy on the edge. All right. We got 30 seconds. Is he the pick? He's the pick. Turn it in. Turn it in. There we go. 22 seconds to go. Terrell Lewis at 55. We'll be back up here in just a couple picks. Jonah Jackson to the Dolphins at 56. Damon Arnett, 57. Ashton Davis, 58. And Josh Uche, 59 to the Seahawks. So I'm going to start the clock again because we're back on at 60. And again, a lot of the same guys, not not a whole lot of change. K.J. Hamler, 
Clyde uh, Edwards Alaire, Michael Pittman Jr., Chenault, T. Higgins. Uh, I mentioned Raquan Davis, Donovan People Jones, Chase Claypool, Jalen Hurts, other guy I like. Uh, <laughs> Devon Hamilton, Cam Akers, other back I like, man, Matt Hennessy, Curtis Weaver, a guy we've talked about down there, uh, edge rusher from Boise State. So uh, we'll start out with you, Chris. Uh, what do you think about uh, the direction here at pick 60? Uh, so with this one, I'm leaning towards wide receiver here, um, specifically between the big three that are left on here. It's um, For me, it's Higgins, Chenault, and Pittman. Um, just doing a quick process of elim- elimination, Chenault might have to be off of that just for medical concerns and, you know, wasn't able to have a recheck after he had that, the surgery after the combine. So that would leave me with, with Higgins and Pittman, uh, two guys that I like a lot. Um, but I'm probably going to have to lean with Higgins. Um, uh, not, not to say that Pittman isn't a great choice, but I just like Higgins, Higgins more. Um, I feel like he has um, a higher ceiling, in my opinion, and uh, I, I feel like he could be that that outside threat that the Ravens need. I like Higgins a lot, too. I like that pick. You know, I'm, I'm very tempted with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire sitting there. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough for me because I, I keep thinking back to Ray Rice and that great run that we had with him and the rest of those guys to the Super Bowl in 2012. But uh, different team different group of guys that we have now versus then. Uh, but this this is where we might have uh, one of those little splits, and it's probably going to come down to carry because uh, I like Higgins for all the reasons you mentioned, but I think I lean towards Michael Pittman Jr. if we're looking at wide receiver um, at this at this particular point. You, you three guys know because you've seen all of the USC clips. I've been tweeting at you uh, in our chat. <laughs> That I'm drinking the USC Kool-Aid a little bit there with their skilled players. And uh, Michael Pittman, I think, is a guy who just um, has a lot of the same uh, sort of attributes that you see in T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins might be a little bit more dominant in terms of, um, you know, the high point kind of playing above the rim, even though I think both guys can do it. But I think Michael Pittman might be a little bit more well-rounded in terms of the other parts of his game. Uh, in terms of what he can do versus press, in terms of what he can do versus off and creating separation. I think he tracks the ball really well down the field. I think he runs well for a big guy. Um, not scared to get in there and block and, and throw his face in the fan in the run game. And 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 has been, you know, uh, a special teamer, I think, uh, you know, his whole time there at USC. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's been voted their special teams player of the year at least once, maybe twice uh, during his time there. So, um, I lean that way. So uh, turn it over to you, Kerry. You've got three minutes and 30 seconds. All right. So I'm going to, uh, you know, junk this whole thing up even more because I'm really intrigued with Chenault. <laughs> 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 He's got the injury concerns, um, but his ability after the catch, his ability as a returner, and, you know, uh, being a guy that can that can really kind of save us a roster spot by being able to, you know, have him back there at punt returns and kick returns, but also be able to contribute as a receiver is uh, intriguing for me. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, early on we can get him, um, we can kind of scheme him open as he kind of works on the nuances of uh, the re- uh, receiver position. And I think he's a guy that he's fine in between the numbers. I think he has some nuanced things he needs to get, um, 
you know, sorted out outside of the numbers. But, you know, he's he's a really intriguing guy to me. But honestly, I like Higgins and I like Pittman as well. So is there any other kind of um, um, things you guys feel like, you know, from a character standpoint, anything that these guys bring to the table or, you know, anything that's kind of pushing you over the top for, you know, one of your guys? Well, I know he's not my guy, but just playing devil's advocate for Pittman, Pittman was uh, one of the team leaders on USC, and we know that the Ravens really value that kind of stuff when it comes to the guys that they like to bring in, which is, uh, you know, is consistent with our first choice, Cesar Ruiz, who was also a team captain. They like to bring in those high-character guys. Yeah, and I'll just add, you got the bloodlines. Obviously, his dad played in the NFL for a number of years. Um, everything that I think you hear about his son is that he approaches the game um, with a, a professional attitude, even though he's a college player. He always he, he's already in that mindset of, you know, preparing and, and carrying and conducting himself like a professional. So I think you hear good things about the character. That's not a knock on the other guys. I don't think we've heard anything negative or bad about their characters. Look, LaVisca should know. Tough guy, man, when you think about everything that he's dealt with in his career and in the last year. And he talks about, you know, hey, it's nothing but pain, right? It's just pain leaving the body. So, I mean, I like that attitude, obviously. Uh, you know, we, we value toughness around here. And then T. Higgins, you know, big time player, played on, you know, some big time teams in some big time games. I really wouldn't have any heartburn with any of the three. Uh, it's like we talked about earlier. It's like ice cream. Everybody likes it. We just have our own personal favorites in terms of flavors, but nobody dislikes ice cream. So you get to you get to pull the trigger at the end, Carrie. And like I said, I, I wouldn't have any real big heartburn with any of the three. You got 53 seconds. All right, so I'm going to pull my car here. I'm going to go with uh, my gut and go with the um, the upside of Chanel. So I'm, I'm going to make him the pick at 60. There we go. Turn and I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at that either. If the only thing that scares me is just the um, the medicals. Um, but as far as on the field, he fits exactly what the Ravens need, a guy that could you know, be a yak guy and bring – Bring that that uh that alpha mentality to the offense and, and that that nastiness that that they need. All right, I held off because I heard a little a last minute discussion there. I haven't clicked it yet. We got ten seconds. Is that the pick? Yeah, that's the pick. All right, we're gonna have uh, Chad Steele because <clears throat> you you're you're gonna get peppered with questions in the post conference about <laughs> core, core muscle injury and shoulder injuries and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So the draft continues on. There's a lot more picks now. I'm not going to read all of these picks off as they come in. Um, we'll we'll kind of let it play out because there's not there's not too many picks now uh, in between where we were and, and pick 75, which is our next pick. So and and I feel like um, we've hit. Oh, probably the, yeah, that one hurts a little bit, too. Um, <laughs> as far as the team needs, I think we've done a good job with going center, edge, and wide receiver. I mean, we've, we've hit the big ones. Yeah. I think the big one now is probably linebacker. All right. Well, let me get us because we're up. Let me let me set the clock. It's now five minutes in the third round. We're up on the clock. Um, take a look at some of the guys that are still there. My guy, CEH. Wow, I did not think he would get here. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Cam Akers, 
tight end Cole Kimmett from Notre Dame, Antonio Gibson running back from Memphis, Julian Aquara, Edge from Notre Dame, Robert Hunt, another big mm-hmm. fan favorite, uh, guard from Louisiana Lafayette, Prince Tiga Wanogo, tackle from Auburn, Jacob Eason, QB, QB Matthew Pert. Tackle for UConn, Terrell Burgess, safety from Utah, Jonathan Grinard, Greenard, get your name right, I'll get it right, uh, from Florida, Bryce Hopkins, tight end for Purdue, a personal favorite of mine, Darnay Holmes, Darrell Taylor, so a lot of names, I could just keep going down the list, we don't we don't want to burn all the time with me just reading names, um, let's let's go to Chris, Chris, any any of those uh, those names interest you, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed to see our guy Curtis Weaver off the board, and Malik Harrison, oh, yeah, that one hurt. Yeah, those two we just we just missed on those two. Um, but as far as uh, values concerned, um, I mean Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean he's he's probably up there as, as far as BPA right now with the players that we have left up on the board. So he would he would probably have to be my choice. Yeah, I. Uh... I, I feel like, you know, the second round, even with the whole Ray Rice synergy, was probably still a little too early for Clyde, considering what we have. But maybe here is, is just the right spot. I'm also a big Cam Makers fan, so I wouldn't wouldn't be mad at that. Julian O'Quara is a guy who's really grown on me. Uh, wasn't a huge fan early on, but kind of did a deeper dive on him recently and, and really kind of liked him, even though we, we took Terrell Lewis at edge. I think there's some guys at linebacker that we could probably pick up later. Uh, in the draft or take a look at later. Um, yeah, I, li- guys I like out- Robert, Robert Hunt a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, but, the guard. Uh, but since we have Ruiz, it's kind of, you know, pick just poison looking, in. looking at the linebackers, you got Troy Dye from Oregon, Logan Wilson from Wyoming, Evan Weaver, Cal, Joe Bocci, Marcus Baylor, Justin Strand or Sternod. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Big guy, big, big favorite of mine. So we've got some guys uh, sitting there that could possibly be around later. Uh, turn it to you, Kerry. we got two minutes and 30 seconds. What do you think we do here? Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. Uh, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is kind of like sticking out like a sore thumb on our board. Uh, you know, quality player, th- um, three down back uh, would give us something in the in the passing game. Um, he's a guy that, you know, we could lean on, uh, you know, as early as 2021. I mean, we all love, um, you know, Mark Ingram. But, you know, when it goes for running back, it, it kind of just goes pretty quickly. So, you know, to have a guy like that in the fold uh, would be uh, would be a nice thing to have. So I, I think that's that's the pick. You know, if you guys agree with that, I think that's where we should go. You know, I'm a fan. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of pushback from me. I do. I do like Robert Hunt. Um, as Chris mentioned, um, obviously we took a center guy who I think can also play guard in uh, Cesar Ruiz, but you know, never, never hurts to have depth on the O line. But I think if you're just looking at, at, at grades and where you'd have players graded right now, the fact that Clyde Edwards Alaire is still there in the third round, I'm with it. Yep, I'm on board. Yeah. Just a pick, turning it in. Turn it in. With a minute left. We did a good time. We only had five minutes. <laughs> when is that easy? Yeah, the fact that he's sitting right there. I mean, you know, so yeah, we're Caesar Ruiz, Terrell Lewis, LaVisca Chenault, Clyde Edwards Alaire. And I think the next pick might be the sweet spot for the, the linebackers. Oh, you know, there's one guy in particular. I'm hoping who gets there. Uh, 
I, I think I know who you're talking about. I'm watching these pigs, fingers crossed, <laughs> hoping that I don't see his name. <laughs> these players go off the board. We're getting close, but it's getting a little scary. I'm not going to lie. Now, since we have a little bit of time in between, um, I just wanted to go over something with you guys about doubling up on wide receiver. Now, I like the idea of kind of mirroring what they did last year and getting another speedy guy to incorporate into the offense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super important. I agree. I agree. You know me. I've been on team need for speed (laughs) all offseason. We're getting close. We're getting close. I have not seen the name. (laughs) Oh, there we go. I think he made it. Yeah, I think we made it. You made right, it. Let me let me start uh let me start our timer here. Okay, we're still at five minutes. All right. So here we go. Um some guys that are still on the board. Um Matthew Pert, Sadiq Charles, uh both tackles. Got Thaddeus Moss, excuse me, tight end, LSU. Ben Barch, another tackle, Kayvon Wallace, safety slash nickel kind of guy. My guy. There he is. Logan Wilson, linebacker out of Wyoming. Hunter Bryant, tight end. Zach Moss, uh, running back from Utah. Aloe Gilman, Notre Dame. Guy I actually kind of like a bit um, from a senior bowl. Take probably more at the senior bowl than, than during the season. Um, but that just throw out some quick names there. Um, start with you, Chris. What do you think about that group, or is there any other particular position group that maybe you want to you want to take a look at and say, hey, well, what who who else is there at at, at that particular group? Uh, so an interesting name there is uh, Kayvon Wallace, uh, the safety slash corner out of, out of uh, Clemson. Uh, he's a guy who could, you know, slot right into that that uh, Brandon Carr role. But um, with this one, I've, I I want to go with the need as well as the player that I think is, is equally as talented, and that's Logan Wilson, the linebacker out of Wyoming. Uh, he's a do-it-all kind of guy. Um, just because he's white does not mean he is an athletic. <laughs> uh, he tested well at the combine. Go watch um, the combine. Watch it. Yeah, he tested well, and and it, I mean it shows up on tape too. It, it just he's white, so it kind of looks a little slower sometimes. That's all. But he's, bad. he's good. He is good. He is good. But uh, I'm gonna try not to let my my personal bias uh, sway me too far on that. There's some other guys there: uh, Evan Weaver, Joe Bocci, Marcus Bailey. Uh, who who was hurt uh, a big chunk of 2019 for Purdue, but had had some good years prior to that. Uh, I talked about Justin Starnod as a guy who I really like. Davion Taylor, speed freak, um, almost more like another hybrid linebacker safety type guy than than pure inside linebacker. Um, and then at wide receiver, just because we talked about this, I just kind of flash these names that are up there on the board: KJ Hill, Darnell Mooney, Courtney Davis, Lynn Bowden, another big favorite of mine. Uh, Gabrielle Davis, Colin Johnson, Devin Duvernay. So let me turn it over to you, Kerry, with two minutes and 30 seconds left. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think we are in uh, unison here uh, with uh, Logan Wilson. Um, I think it just the board fell right for us here. Um, I think he's a kind of step of, above. I mean, there's some other solid guys at that linebacker position. But I think as far as a guy that, uh, you know, projects as a guy that's at least a early down guy, but has some potential to play on all three downs. I think he just kind of sticks out above the rest. And I think he's really good value here at one Oh six. So that, that would be the, um, the pick for me. All right. Unless there's any further discussion. 
I'm turning in the card. I'm good with it. And there he goes. The Wyoming Cowboy, now Baltimore Raven. Yes, sir. You know, I've been pulling for him for a long time. I've been driving that Logan Wilson train for a long time. <laughs> and the CEH train. This is working out good for the coach, man. Coach is happy. Yeah, you got to know your guys. Getting yeah. his guys can't can't be mad. Can't be mad, you know. And so we've got uh, another little gap here before our next pick. Um, how you guys feeling about the pick so far? Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Um, I'm liking it so far. Uh, we got Ruiz. We got Terrell Lewis. Uh, we got Chenault. We got Hilaire. And we got Logan Wilson. Um, I think the secondary might be something that we, we could look at. Another speedy wide receiver, like we said, again. And um, maybe a, a interior defensive lineman, too. We'll see who's on the board. All right. Yes, and Kerry. So here we are. Uh, pick 129. Um, let me set the stage here a little bit before I set the timer. So we've got this pick at 129, and then we pick again in just one, two, three, four, five picks at 134. So uh, it's almost like a little bit of snake draft action here where you're up once and then you're up again real quick. Uh, I'm starting the timer now and taking a look at the board and who's available. We've got Alton Robinson, edge player from Syracuse. Reggie Robinson, cornerback from Tulsa, who's gotten some steam lately. Kenny Robinson, safety from West Virginia. Colin Johnson, wide receiver. John Simpson, interior O-line. And I think I'm going to just do it this way because um, I know we've talked about some of these positions. Uh, oh, yeah. Lynn Bowden's still there, <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, so is Devin DuVernay, Tyler Johnson, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, another guy down there, Antonio Gandy-Golden. Uh, and then we talked about maybe interior D line. Ooh, Lakey mm-hmm. Fosu. My goodness, McTevin. <laughs> I'm seeing two guys right now. If we walked away with those two guys, I would not be mad. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, let me not take any more of your time. What do you what What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think there's some intriguing guys on the board at that interior defensive line position and at receiver. Um, I'm curious, you guys' thoughts. I really like um, Lim Bowen. Um, but I'm kind of looking at it, too, as he's, you know, a, a kind of like yak guy, run after the cash and kind of give you some, um, you know, snaps in the backfield and do some of those things. But we have Chenault and, you know, projection wise, he would kind of do a lot of those same things. Uh, how do we feel about Bowden, you know, as a vertical guy? Uh, juxtaposed to Devin DuVernay, who is a guy that I think can, you know, stretch the scene from the slide. And um, I believe it was uh, Matt Wallman that made a nice comp with Devin DuVernay. I mean, this is kind of a name that is not going to make a lot of Ravens fans happy, but he he kind of likened him to a Lee Evans type that could, you know, maybe play some outside receiver and stretch the field that way. So, uh, Devin DuVernay and um, Lynn um, Bowen, who, you know, how do you guys feel about those two guys? I'll let you go first, Chris. Um, I'm, I've, I really like uh, Devin DuVernay. Um, I'm not to say I don't like Lynn Bowden, Bowden either, but um, if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go with, uh, with Devin DuVernay. Uh, he's a guy with, you know, tremendous, tremendous hands, some of the best hands in the country. Um, a tough guy. He's a track guy, but you know, don't let that fool you. He will run you over if he has to. And he's another guy, another high character guy, uh, team captain. 
has family bloodlines in the NFL. Both his uncles played in the NFL. His cousin is Kyler Murray. So I, I think that's another high character guy they would want to be going after. Okay. Now, hey, I, I love all of those points. Um, I, I, I really wouldn't have any heartburn over that pick either. Um, I like Lynn Bowden. I, I think about <laughs> what you said, Kerry. Kerry DeCosta, you, you want this offense to be indefensible. Uh, and, and from that standpoint, I can see how both of those guys could help us get towards that. But I do see how the point about Devon, uh, Devon maybe being able to play a little bit more outside, not that Bowden couldn't cause he can do a little bit of everything. I mean, you talk about in defense, this guy played quarterback, uh, for, for a big chunk of the season last year for Kentucky. Um, so a guy who can do a little bit of everything, but, uh, um, I, I certainly wouldn't have any heartburn over Duvernay. And then we talked about interior defensive line. I think you guys both know I'm a big fan of Lakey Fotu, huge fan of Lakey Fotu. Um, you know, maybe maybe not the the pass rush that you might necessarily want from from you know kind of modern day interior guy, but just a big, strong, powerful man who uh, you know disrupts there in the middle. So um, we're down to one minute. I got to turn it back to the GM though to make the pick. All right. So I think. Uh, my lean here is uh, Duvernay, um, just because I think he gives you more a, of a vertical element. Um, I think with um, with this team, we want to have as many vertical presences as uh, as possible, um, and you know I, I think he would be a, a good match and kind of give us some insurance on um, Hollywood Brown. You know, he's a smaller guy. You know, if he gets banged up, then you know we'll still have that vertical presence um, out there on the field. All right, so 25 seconds left. Sounds like DuVernay is the pick. I'm turning in the card. All right. All right, sounds good to me. And there goes Lynn Bowden, the next pick. (laughs) 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 To the Saints, you know know he's going to ball with the Saints. Um, Okay, we're very quickly back on the clock here. Um, I mentioned that Lynn Bowden went um, him and those, those, those four picks. Let me start our timer again. So the board hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, Anthony McFarland, running back, uh, is up there, uh, who wasn't there before from Maryland, but got a couple of edge rushers, Alton Robinson, uh, big big wide receiver, Colin Johnson from Texas, guard, John Simpson, edge from Miami, Jonathan Garden, my guy, Lakey Fotu, uh, Ben Bredesen, a guard from Michigan, who uh, Cole Jackson's a big fan of, Josiah DeGura, kind of tight end, halfback type type guy, um, uh, H back, excuse me, uh, type guy who who's there, and, and obviously we know uh, how important that role is in the Ravens' offense, that kind of H back role. Uh, so let me start out with you, Chris. What are you thinking? Uh, so I'm gonna go with a guy that you didn't name, uh, Jason Strobridge from uh, North uh, Carolina. He's other, a guy that guy. he lined up. He he was uh he was lined up at defensive tackle, but at the um, at the Senior Bowl they put him out at edge. And I think he's a guy who can fit that um, Zadarius Smith role where he can line up on the outside and then also on the inside. When you look at his dimensions, he's, you know, almost the same 6'4", 275. And he's a guy that's, you know, he's he's pretty twitched up for a guy that would be lining up inside and that's that big. Um, Another thing that he has on his side, too, is he was he's a freak when it comes to uh, special teams. Special teams, he balls out on special teams. So um, I think he's a guy that could bring some value, 
not only uh, on the defense, but also as a special teamer as well. You know, being a former special team coach, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so that 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 definitely sells me on Stowbridge, who I met a guy who I haven't seen a ton of. So I really have to defer to you on that. Um, I made my pitch for Lake Efo too, so I'm not going to spend any more time. I'm going to turn it over to Kerry and let him let him uh, give us his thoughts. Yeah, I, I like both of those guys. Um, uh, Stowbridge for me, um, I think he's one of those hybrid type defenders that. You know, I, I think we could really use we could use another shot of, you know, athleticism and versatility across the front. Um, I do like that he, he brings out uh, that special teams value as well. And, you know, I, I look at him as a guy that, that's, you know, kind of like a lump of clay. You know, we can, you know, mold him into, uh, you know, being a disruptive player. So, you know, that, that would kind of be my lean. Uh, I do like uh uh, Fo too. He's he's such a fit, such a uh, you know Ravens fit. I do think he's limited as a, as a pass rusher to kind of a guy that you know maybe can collapse the pocket some, but you know he's I don't think he's going to be um, you know really really a huge factor on third downs. But I do think he's a valuable player. Um, but I think he's a guy that you know maybe he he might be around at 158. So um, um, I'm going to go with. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, Chris Ortiz's pick here, and um, I, I, I like the idea of Strobridge. All right, Strobridge. I'm turning in the card. Minute and 45 left. That was that was crisp on that. All right, so we so do the, a quick summary. We have Ruiz, uh, Cesar Ruiz, center out of Michigan. Terrell Lewis, uh, edge player out of Alabama. Lavisca Chenault, wide receiver out of Colorado. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back out of LSU. Logan Wilson, uh, linebacker out of Wyoming. Devin DuVernay, wide receiver out of Texas. And Jason Strobridge, uh, edge defender slash defensive lineman um, out of North Carolina. Yeah, we've really addressed a lot of those needs. You guys both talked about it before the draft. And, you know, obviously you want to take good football players, but you've also got needs, you know, that you want to try to address as well. So uh, I think there's a, a good balance here between good good football players and, and, and at positions of need. Yeah. All right. Here we are back on the clock. Pick 157 still in the three through six range. So we still get five minutes. I'm going to start that now. And let's take a look at who we've got on the board. Let me make sure that you can see everybody by all positions. Um, Jonathan Garvin, edge player out of Miami. Cheyenne O'Grady, who is a name I had not heard until uh, when I was doing some prep for this a couple of days ago. Uh, tied in from Arkansas. A.J. Dillon, running back Boston College. Anthony Jennings, an interesting edge guy out of Bama. James Lynch put up some big sack numbers this year at Baylor as an interior guy. Isaiah Hodgkins, uh, another big, big body wide receiver out there at Oregon State. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, nice little running back there at Florida. Uh, Jack Driscoll, tackle Auburn. Justin Starnod, my guy, Wake Forest. Harrison Bryant, tight end, Florida Atlantic. And uh, I'm going to skip over running back there. Not, nothing against Joshua Kelly, I'm just saying. Michael uh, Owenu, uh, guard at Michigan. So, um, there's more players on the board, obviously, but I don't want to use all our time listing names, as I've said before. So let me start with Chris. What do you think? What's the direction here at the uh, in the fifth round? So um, what I'm leaning towards here 
it's, it's there's two players that I'm um, battling with here. It's um, Harrison Bryant and Geno Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think both yeah. um, both are our needs, you know, because Ravens just traded uh, Hayden Hurst, and then uh, Geno Stone. I think he can he can fit a versatile role where he can play deep, and then he could also come down into the box as well, like the Ravens like to do with their safeties. Um, as far as who I probably lean towards. I would probably have to go Bryant uh, because I think he can, you know, fit seamlessly into that that Hayden Hurst role and kind of not there won't be that much of a hitch in the the offense because we we kind of want to we want this thing to go to the next level, you know. And Hayden Hurst he didn't put up the you know big stats that you know people just want to glance at right away, but he's an important part of this this uh, offense. The third tight end is really really important. So I think a guy like Harrison Bryant, who's a good athlete, reliable hands, versatile guy, he can line up outside, line up in line, line up in the backfield. I think having that guy there as a third tight end would definitely keep this this offense churning. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Harrison Bryant pick too. Um, a guy with uh, you know the kind of production that you like to see. I mean, just put up a thousand yard season. Uh, <laughs> last year from from the tight end position, so uh, that's that's pretty in, impressive in and of itself. And like you said, that position is 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 important in this offense. I mean, all of those guys play, right? You can talk about Andrews being the pass catcher and Boyle the blocker. I mean, you can get into all those roles, but all of those guys play and all those guys contribute in different ways in every game. Um, so that position is important. 100% agree with you on that. So uh, I certainly would be comfortable. Uh, with a guy like that, Geno Stone, also good player, definitely a role for him uh, on the team. But um, I probably lean like you a little bit more towards Harrison Bryant at this point in the draft. So I'll throw it back over to uh, Kerry. Yep, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, Harrison Bryant kind of sticks out for me. Um, Chris, I was in agreement with you. The top two guys I had at this juncture was Bryant and Geno Stone. Uh, I just think Harrison um, Bryant is an interesting kind of in-between player as the H-back who I think fits in like seamlessly uh, between uh, Andrews and uh, Boyle. And um, I think he's quality value you know, here at, at 158. I'm surprised he's still on the board. I'm, I'm sorry, 157. I'm surprised he's still on the board at this juncture, but I, I think he's a I think he's a good pick. All right. 53 seconds left turning in the card on Harrison Bryant. So there we go. I mean, we got a nice little roster round in the shape here. Um, yeah, I wanted, yeah. I, honestly, I wanted to probably trade down a couple more times. You guys know how I roll, but I mean, we, <laughs> got some, we got some quality value, um, you know, after the, I mean, really the whole draft, but especially in the hundreds, we got some really quality value in the hundreds, I thought. Yeah, and you know that that's the one thing I will say, kind of stepping out of character a little bit um, with this scenario and, and and trying to you know uh, have it kind of mimic um, you know what what happens. That part is really hard, the trade part, um, because of some of the limitations um, that we have. Nothing against the draft network tool; it's a very good tool, but um, you know it's 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 obviously not not like whoops I forgot to turn the timer off from last time it's not like the real thing so I mean it can be difficult making trades um in in a in a limited amount of time and, and like you mentioned you can only go one way you can propose the trade 
but nobody's proposing trades to you. Um, yeah. So it kind of only lets you go in one direction. So, yeah, I, I, I would have liked to to see you will and deal a little bit more, too, because I think you would have been moving up, moving down, moving all over the board. <laughs> Uh, but I bet we'll probably see that uh, next week. So. Yeah, and did we we traded away the seventh round pick, right? No, actually we kept it. Oh, we, we kept were, that. We were, yeah, okay. we were gonna keep it. Um, we, we traded the six, right? Um, but we um, they turned down the initial offer, so we the second offer we kept the the um, the seventh round pick. Yeah. Okay. So we still got that coming up. Um, there's still about 25 more picks to go uh, before we get there. Um, just maybe another quick look at what we've got and maybe some thoughts about uh, where we might go in terms of position. So we, we've we've got interior O-line, we've got edge, we've got wide receiver, we've got running backs, we've got inside linebacker, and we've got uh, – defensive line i'm not going to limit him to just interior it sounds like he could he could play in a couple of different spots and we've got tight end so in terms of position i mean i guess maybe defensive back is something you might want to take a look at addressing um maybe another edge player if if you feel like somebody there you like but i think by and large um we've we've really addressed a lot of areas or maybe even the uh, uh backup tackle spot too yeah, that is one. Yeah, the good point. Very good point. Yeah, that is one that uh, is important. James Hurst no longer around. He's kind of been the uh, the breaking case of glass guy who, who was always there. <laughs> I mean, break glass in case of emergency, excuse me, who's always been there uh, that you could go to uh, can give you some swing value. So here we are uh, yeah. on, on the clock at 225, our last pick. And uh, I'm going to let me make sure I start the timer. We've got four minutes and I'm just going to jump us real quick to tackle just so we can see there and then I'll back out and we'll look at the overall board. So you got Danny Pinter from Ball State, Cole Chewins from Michigan State. I'm going to tell you, I don't know any of these names. Brandon Bowen from Ohio State, Adrian McGee from LSU, Alex Givens from Ole Miss, Matt Womack from Alabama. But then let's broaden out and look at the whole board here. Um, and we've got a couple corners, Miles Bryant from Washington, uh, Cameron Curl from Arkansas, Omar Bayless, wide receiver from Arkansas State. I've seen him. Uh, Colton McKivitz, tackle West Virginia, Trey Adams, tackle from Washington, A.J. Green, cornerback Oklahoma State, and Joe Thomas and uh, excuse me, Jeff Thomas, wide receiver from Miami and Joe Reed from Virginia. So let me start with you, uh, Chris. Any name standing out for you here in this group? Uh, yeah, the name that stands out to me is uh, Trey Adams. Uh, Trey Adams, he was a guy two years ago who was seen as a potential top 10 pick, but then, you know, the injuries caught up to him. He had a, a really bad back injury. But, I mean, when we're in the seventh round, we're looking at a guy who could possibly have some kind of upside because if you had top 10 talent two years ago, you know, the, that's the chance I want to take in the seventh round. Uh, you know, I, I don't care about the injuries. It's the seventh round. If you were once considered a top 10 pick, I want to gamble on you in the seventh round. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm going to I'm going to defer to my director of college scouting because he and his, his team have seen all of these guys. And if that's a guy that he likes and we just talked about, uh, you know, depth at tackle position, then I'm with it. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Kerry. What do you think, Kerry? 
Yeah, I think that's an excellent flyer to take. Like you said, this is a guy that a couple years ago, he was considered a legitimate um, left tackle prospect. Um, and I think he kind of um, is a guy that's kind of versatile. They can kind of fit a, a couple different uh, schemes. And that's important with us because, you know, I, I think um, Cole Jackson made the point on uh, earlier pod, you know, we could come out and, and be in um, um power 75% of the time. And then the next week we can come out and be in zone 75% of the time. So having a guy that can kind of, um, you know, fit both schemes at the same time is uh, incredibly important. And, you know, here's a guy that's six, eight with long arms um, and, uh, you know, some untapped potential there. If he can stay healthy, I think that's a, that's an excellent flyer to take in the, in the seventh round. And let me just throw a couple last names out. We got a little bit over a minute here left on the clock. I had technology issues on my end, so uh, I missed these names. We got Jawan Jennings, the wide receiver from Tennessee. Alex Taylor, you're speaking of Cole Jackson, tackle from South Carolina State. He mentioned on a previous pod, Dane Jackson, corner from Pittsburgh, and Kendall Vidor. And Kai Jalimskin, uh, wide receiver from Vanderbilt. I think all the other ones I talked about. But I'm I'm right there with you guys on, on, uh, on Trey, so... If that's where we're at, uh, with 30 seconds left, I'm more than comfortable with turning in that card. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And there it is. And that's a wrap. Now I think it's time to go around the room, shake hands, slap some high fives. Uh, <laughs> Get some cigars out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we can't go around the room, the virtual room. We, in, in yeah, our, I, our... I, I got to get on the phone and do get to my, my UDFAs. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be interesting how they do the we, – we, we, we talked about that in one of the other pods. I mean, now there's a real frenzy that's going to start where, you know, your parent – uh, scouts and coaches up together and they're getting on the phone and they're making the calls to these priority free agents and, and trying to get these guys signed to deals. So, um, you know, Shadi's in there, you know, throwing out numbers. Hey, who, who's, who's going to get the biggest bonus check, you know, to UDFA? I'll give this guy this much. I'll give this guy that much. <laughs> and then you got to make all these calls. So, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a real frenzy to have to do that. Uh, in this this virtual environment, but I'm sure they'll have a plan for it. Oh yeah, for sure. You know that's that's something that that we could always count on is that you know this is a, a stable organization and they won't be you know they won't be caught off guard. You know we we heard DeCosta talking about how he's kind of looking forward to this because it takes them back to the old days before they had you know all these pro days and everybody had these numbers. It's just old school film and, you know, what you see at the combine and that's it. Yeah, it's all about the tape just for, uh, you know, people people get a, a kick out of this every year. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. Looks like uh, Donnell Stanley, interior O-line from South Carolina, goes to the Giants at 255. So um, it's kind of a disrespectful name, but they that's what they give that last pick. <laughs> So there it is. But in terms of uh, uh, our picks, uh, again, let's recap. Them. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you do the honors. Uh, uh, this is this is your draft. You've run this room. Uh, got us through this. So I'll, I'll let Kerry do the honors here. All right. So we got at 34. Uh, we traded down and we ended up taking a guy that I think all of us would have felt comfortable with at 28 uh, with Cesar Ruiz. 
he's a guy that, you know, he got through that gauntlet of um, our, um, you know, bracket. And uh, he made it through a lot of good players and ended up as the the winner of that. So it's kind of only only right that he ended up being our first pick in this um, you know draft. Only so fitting. you know, love him, love his uh, center guard versatility, and um, um, something Chris said you know a couple weeks back that really still st- sticks out for me is his ability to um, um, kind of fit different schemes at the same time and also just give us a, um, a really quality boost of um, athleticism and talent to the interior line um, um, position. And, um, you know, that was that was real big. And, uh, you know, a guy with character, a guy that, you know, is still only 20 years old. So, you know, I think that was a very good first pick. Um, with 55, we went with uh, Terrell Lewis, an uh, edge player from Alabama. Uh, I think he um, is a guy who, uh, who who just fits. The way he plays just kind of um, fits what we do. Um, I think there's still some untapped potential with him as well. He was a guy that in Alabama, he contributed very early on. So, you know, we're happy to bring him into the fold. And I think we got some veterans in there that can uh, help him come along and kind of reach his potential. Uh, with 60, we went kind of with a wild card, but I think the um, the the talent kind of met the spot that we set uh, selected him at. You know, Lavisca Chanel, that wide receiver, was a guy that was, you know, was getting some first round buzz, and then he had the kind of the injury concern that and you know the uncertainty with you know not having medicals. But I think we felt comfortable with um, you know making this kind of um, selection at 60, uh, you know, as a guy with, you know, some size and some real uh, burst, um, you know, after the catch and in the open field, he's a tank, but he's also very fast, kind of gives you, you know, some Dez Bryant type of vibes there. Uh, So that was a, you know, a a real statement kind of pick at 60 to kind of show how we want to, you know, attack teams offensively. Uh, then at 75, we got a really quality value with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's a legitimate three-down back um, who I think uh, fits a multitude of schemes. And um, I, I think he kind of gives us a guy that um, he can be a feature back in, uh, for us as early as 2021. Um, then at 106, I was really happy to get uh, Logan Wilson uh, to help us at linebacker. I think he can help us right away. Um, and, you know, we can pair him with LJ Ford and uh, feel comfortable at that position. Uh, then we went with 129. We went with Devin DuVernay, a receiver, who adds another kind of speed element to what we're doing. Um, I think he gives us some versatility being able to play the slot, but also I think he can play the Z. Uh, strong, tough guy, but, you know, the biggest thing is giving us another guy that brings that vertical element. Um, then um, at 134, we went with Jason uh, Strobridge, uh, kind of edge slash interior defensive line hybrid. I think he's a guy that early on we can kind of unleash, you know, uh, on third downs, um, you know, late in games. We bring a fresh guy off the bench. I think he can do some twists, some stunts, some of that stuff, and just give us give us some juice, um, you know, on third downs. And also gives us some um, some special teams capability, too. Uh, 157, uh, Harrison Bryant at tight end, uh, 
quality H back kind of prospect we can move around and like I said again gives us that in between uh Boyle and um and uh Mark Andrews and kind of just gives us a threat somebody we can kind of move around the formation and kind of create some mismatches and then with that last pick at 225 uh we took a flyer on a guy that's been kind of banged up and offensive tackle Trey Adams but he's a legitimate uh six eight um guy that you know Two years ago, he was looked at as a potential left tackle prospect. Um, you know, he kind of gives us um, some insurance. Uh, uh, just a guy that we can kind of see what we have. You know, we have Orlando Brown. Uh, he he might be tough to keep uh, in the building when he hits free agency. Um, so Trey Adams gives us, you know, uh, um, kind of a, a shot in the dark to see if he's a guy that we can develop uh, at the worst as, as depth. And, you know, maybe down the line, maybe he has to fill in and play some. But I think that's a that's a worthwhile flyer to take at 225. So uh, all in all, I'm, 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 I'm really uh, satisfied with the with the draft that we had. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll just say something briefly and then I'll let I'll let Chris I'll let Chris share his thoughts. But uh, uh, I think you did an excellent job. Uh, I love the way that you uh, were calm. In all situations, didn't matter what our, uh, our our remaining time looked like. You're fielding calls, um, you know. You're you're doing this all in your home remotely. Uh, so I just really want to you know congratulate you on on a good draft. I think a really good draft. A lot of really good players. Uh, I'm eager to get these guys in and uh, and get to work. But uh, <laughs> let me step outside of my my Mike Harbaugh role. And uh, get Chris's thoughts uh, before we wrap this thing up. But uh, Chris, what did you think about the draft? Um, I liked it. Uh, I think we saw a boost in um, athleticism on the team. Um, you know, we have Ruiz who would come in. He'll be the the most athletic guy on the line, probably, uh, maybe even, you know, competing with Ronnie Stanley in that department as far as one of the most athletic guys on that line. Um, we brought in a lot of high character guys. Like I said, Ruiz was a captain. Uh, Logan Wilson was a captain. Devin DuVernay was a captain. So we're bringing in high character guys as well. Um, another thing I liked is how we we got weapons for Lamar. Um, to me, I've been harping on it. I feel like that's the that should be the main focus is protecting Lamar and getting him, you know, every kind of weapon he can have right here. We got him. You know, two dynamic wide receivers. We got him a dependable, really tough running back. And then we got him um, also a really good uh, tight end who, who can be a versatile piece and moved all around, you know, any formation, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting uh, draft coming up next week. Uh, I would be excited to have these guys to have this group on the team because I think uh, they can come in and really contribute um, in a lot of different ways and, um, you know, help help make this team better and, and help, you know, make that run again uh, coming up this year. Assuming we get to play a season, I think we will. I'm being hopeful. I think it's it's obviously probably not going to start on time, but I'm trying to be optimistic that there's, there's going to be a season and, um you know, give us give us that to look forward to. So I think this has been a big episode, um, so I'm not going to belabor or draw out, you know, closing things out. Um, I think it was a great idea 
uh, by Carrie coming up with this. Uh, both of you guys put a lot of work behind the scenes into preparing for this and being ready for this. And I think it, it went off uh, about as smoothly as we could expect, you know, so hope everybody out there enjoys it. Love to get your feedback. Obviously, anytime you put out a mock draft, uh, you're going to get a lot of feedback uh, or yes. going both directions. So I'm let sure. Us, there's gonna... Let us know how much you hated the Terrell Lewis pick. <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely going to get some grief over that one uh probably going to get some 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 stuff over lavisca chanel probably some other picks too but hey that's that's what you know part of the fun of of doing these exercises is is to me they're they're thought exercises you know you're going through these things and you're just trying different scenarios and slotting players in at different places and and just really trying to to get you know some different perspectives on 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 how things might stack up so uh I think, you know, it's fun to debate it. It's fun to argue it. I don't think I ever try to look at it as a right or a wrong. Um, you know, it's just it's it just is what it is. So uh, looking forward to that, because I think that's going to be fun to hear all the all the thoughts about it and how terrible uh, we are. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I look forward to that. But uh, un- un- until the next episode, which um I don't know if we'll have one during the week of the draft. We we might take one off because I know we're we're all going to be doing uh, some different things in terms of of draft content in different places. I won't say we won't, um, but you know we'll we'll see how that goes. But I think this is definitely a good primer and, and definitely gives people something to to chew on and digest leading up to the draft. So uh, for myself, for Carrie, for Chris, we're going to wrap it up right here. And oh, can I just uh, plug one thing? Oh, yo, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to plug uh, this. Uh, it's uh, going to be the third year that I hold a draft uh, hangout. Um, it's usually just a bunch of Ravens fans. Um, I try to get everybody on and, you know, we just talk about the draft all three days of the draft. Um, it's long. Uh, we try to give you as much information from a bunch of different voices. And that's actually how I started talking to you two guys is you guys were kind enough to jump on last year. And uh, you both, you know, were able to do it last year. So um, this year, you know, I'm hoping for an even bigger turnout. I'm hoping we get more guys on and um, you could check that out. It'll be on my Twitter. Chris, just joking. You could just follow and you could watch on YouTube. Man, I really got to up my hosting skills. You, you can't can't forget to plug people's stuff, man. That's <laughs> that's hosting 101. That, that's what I should have started the show with. Not that. Saved it to the end and didn't even save it. Forgot it at the end. But anyway, <laughs> I'll be better. I'll be better. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. Get my hosting skills up to par. But, um, Carrie, anything you want to plug? <laughs> Let me do it that way before I sign off. No, uh, nothing to plug. I just want to, um, you know, thank everybody for their continued support. Um, hopefully, you know, people like this episode. I, um, this was something that was. I knew it was going to be challenging coming in, but it was kind of even more challenging once you kind of got into it and and things in the draft started, you know, kind of going this way and that way. And you're trying to make decisions on the fly, but you're trying to keep up with a timer and, you know, not time out. Um, so uh, one thing I will say from this process is like hats off to the people that have to do this for a living and the picks that they make. Um you know, will determine whether they still have a job. Like after this is over, I'm going to go lay down and like sleep like a, a baby, but I don't have to worry about whether, 
you know, if LaVisca Chanel is a bust, like I, I don't have to worry about losing my job on the podcast. Like you guys aren't going to fire me. I don't think, but, but yeah, it just was um, fun, man. And hope, you know, hopefully everybody likes it, but you know, definitely give your feedback and, uh, you know, keep listening, keep um, rating and reviewing the show. Oh, and one last, I'll throw one last thing in here. Um, Deep Cover Pod playlist on Spotify. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, We we took all of our intros and uh, put them into a playlist. We'll continue to add those uh, as we do episodes, new songs. So, you know, hey, anytime you're working out, um, for those of you who still have to go out and about uh, during these quarantine times, you got to listen to something. Or even if you're just in your house and you just need to get away from it, throw on that pod, <laughs> throw on that playlist. And uh, I think you're going to like a lot of the songs that are on there. I know I listen to it daily now as I'm working out doing other things. So so definitely check that out. Uh, but there it is. We'll, we'll end it right there. We'll drop it. We'll drop it on the one. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Scared to death, scared to look, they shook Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Scared to death, scared to look, they shook Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Scared to death, scared to look, they shook Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks Living the life that it comes with There's numerous ways you can choose to earn funds Some get locked down and turn guns Cowardly hearts and straight up shook ones, shook ones he ain't a crook, son. He's just a short one.